This is an onion. It's a metaphor for a news story. Only a few hours ago, I was standing on a ledge, 60 stories above the street, interviewing a man who subsequently jumped to his death. $40 million in the bank, happily married, good health. Great story. But there's got to be more. I mean, we're pros, right? Some kind of extramarital hanky-panky, maybe? Another great story. Maybe the guy's been accused of child molesting. Ah, oh, terrific story. What? Turns out the accusations were false? Wonderful. More story. Maybe the alleged mistress was lying, setting the guy up, huh? Sensational story. So we keep going. Oh, excuse me. Keep digging, keep investigating. We expose the guy's whole life, his family. Why? Because we're pros. Because we're looking for the truth. But what if it turns out, after all our digging, after all our painstaking investigation, what if it turns out there wasn't any truth? Just stories. One story after another, layer after layer, until there's nothing left. And if it's like that, do we have any obligation to stop at any point? Or do we just keep going, digging, digging, peeling, 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 till we've peeled it all away? Till we've destroyed what we were investigating in the first place? I'll bet all of you, like me, yearn for just one story that isn't about unveiling layer after layer of human weakness. A story that reveals, with each new layer of investigation, something finer and nobler. Something even inspirational. To the main event. Hey, we uh, we opened up with uh, that little uh, clip from the movie Hero from I don't know 20 years ago. Uh, you know, it's just you know stories after stories after stories. It kind of reminds me of the Mueller investigation and all that thing about the Russians. We don't know we don't know what happened there, but we created a story which created a story which created a FISA warrant to bugs the bug the Trump Tower going after somebody who kind of had a had some relationship with uh, some of the Trump people, and then they busted some other people, and then some more stories, some more story. We don't have any truth. We're just busting people for uh, stuff that. It's unrelated. I wonder what's going to happen when they find out that when they finally get to the bottom of this and make this make this testimony and all this information um, into the records, into the legal records, and realize that hey, you busted uh, you busted Flynn and you busted uh, um, Manafort and you busted the other guy uh, Snuffleupagus Papadopoulos, and you but you used you got the information with an illegal search warrant. I think have you can you remember when when people are hey you know what uh we caught you murdering people but we didn't read your your right so you're free Can you believe what America has come to folks can you believe what America has come to It's uh it's kind of a uh, I'm awestruck I'm awestruck I'm watching I'm watching what's happening I'm going to talk about a lot about what's happening in the news and some things that I've even seen in uh personally and uh and we're just going to talk about this because i want to i want to create in you thinkers because this is what i do i watch i watch what's on the news i watch i watch what's on the news the other night 
and turn and watch what's not going on on Fox News. And meanwhile, flip over to CNN and MSNBC. They're talking about something completely irrelevant. And just see, you know what? If you don't watch everything, you don't know anything. If you don't think about this stuff, if you don't think about the stuff, the 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 BS that's that's fed to you in the in the news, the BS that's fed to you in in uh, the newspapers and internet, and you know what? Nobody nobody pays attention long enough to really know what's going on. You know what? Most people don't. If you're listening to the main event. If you if you're a regular listener, then you probably do because I'm spurring this stuff, and you go, Yeah, I never thought of that. Uh, hmm, ha, hmm, hmm. And uh, you know what? My my analysis of this stuff is not always 100% right, but I'll tell you, I think about it, analyze it, and uh, I think it's right. You know, everybody's entitled to their opinion, and since I have the mic, you're all entitled to mine as well. So uh, before I go further, let me introduce myself. My name's Ed Hoffman, president of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender located here in Southern California, offices all over the place. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate you need to hurry if you need financing because interest rates are going up. And we'll talk more about interest rates and stock markets and all that stuff today. But if you need a, a mortgage finance and you want to talk to somebody who thinks like you, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Day or night, toll free, area code 855-640-2020. If you want to get in touch with me, but you don't want to talk on the phone because you're calling from work. And you don't want your boss to know you're using his time to find out information for your personal stuff. Go to WCCLoans.com. That's www.WCCLoans.com. Uh, you'll find all kinds of mortgage information in there. You can surf around about programs and whatever else we have on there. But you can go to the Loan Center. Click on the Loan Center. Click on Apply Now. Put as much information as you want me to have and tell me how much information you want back. You'll hear back from myself or one of my one of my talented teammates. And uh, you know what? Uh, you know I have a I have a team of guys that have been with me for a while, and I have a, a few people on there that uh, are are not as experienced because they're a loan officer university because. I do so much business myself that I can't keep up with it all myself. So I need some help. So you you deal with my teammates, but you also you're also dealing with me because we're our whole team works together. We discuss all the loans. Uh, every you know we discuss every single one, all the details. So we're all involved in them. And uh, you may talk to uh, to Aaron or Oscar or Alex or Eric or Cody or uh, you know one of one of uh, the girls. And uh, you know you say, well, I didn't get to talk to Ed. You may talk to me throughout the transaction because I get involved in every single one of them. Um, and you know, for some of these guys, you know, I've created, I've created probably more millionaire loan officers of guys that I've brought in from how I built my company was I, I basically used to just recruit good guys because to me, the mortgage business is easy. It's a math problem, but you got to have a kind of, kind of a, uh, a good imagination on how to put things together and you got to have uh, some good people skills. And, uh, I always tell everybody, Hey, God gave us two ears and one mouth and you're supposed to use them in that way when you're, when you're in the sales business. And if you listen to your client, they'll tell you what you need to lead them to, how you need to solve their problem. But if you don't listen to them, hey, well, this is the best thing we got. Oh, this is a great product. This is this. They'll tell you where, 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 uh, what, you know, what they're looking for, but you got to listen. Same thing with realtors, same thing with car people, same thing with everybody who's in uh, in the business dealing with people. And uh and I and I just don't think this rocket mortgage thing, all this all this online thing 
is uh is um gonna take over our business completely because there's always gonna be somebody that hey you know what we're dealing with people we're people you're people underwriters are people people at banks are people you know you gotta you gotta have some kind of a of a human brain in there to uh, analyze that so uh, anyway I don't know where I was going with that but you know if you talk to one of my guys you're talking to me as well um, if you hear something on the so go to wccloans.com loan center apply now put in the information will help fill in your uh, missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle and like I said whether you need to refinance whether you're looking to purchase a house to live in a uh, house to rent a house to uh, for a vacation home or uh, help your kids buy a house so they can get out of your uh, off your living room couch or uh, or your basement or your attic or your garage apartment um, hey just help them buy a house I want them out of here I want my living room back Go to WCCLoans.com or 855-640-2020. If you hear something you want repeated, edhoffman.net, E-D-H-O-F-F-M-A-N. It's amazing how many people can't spell Ed. It's two letters, E-D. Hey, Ed, E-D-D. I don't know where that comes from, but uh, edhoffman.net. Click on the podcast page. You can hear this show as, many, as well as many past shows. Cut. There's a, I think there's links to a couple special shows, our 9-11 thing and our uh uh, Clinton casualty show. So if you want to hear those, those are on there as well. Or if you want, uh, the podcast is also available on SoundCloud and iTunes where you can actually subscribe for free, have it download to your, uh, your device of whatever kind you use your iPhone, your, your droid, your iPhone, your computer, your iPad, your mini pad, your maxi pad, your iWatch, whatever you listen to I, the podcast on, get it on SoundCloud or iTunes subscribe for free um what else is i supposed to uh social media the main event facebook is uh facebook.com slash the main event ed hoffman and uh twitter is at ed hoffman if you hear something that inspires you to make a comment on it our listener hotline is 855-640-2092 may play it on the show i think i have one i'm going to try and fit in uh towards the end of the first half or the beginning of the second half um that i'm going to try and fit in if i can get through all this stuff without and still have 30 seconds to play it anyway so let's talk about what's happening this week what's happening this week the spending bill so thursday night i'm recording friday morning last night uh there was a brief government shutdown for about an hour i think most everybody in the government was at home sleeping anyway at the time but you know our military was out there they were standing on the on their post keeping us safe so they only went they only went an hour without wondering if they were going to get paid um, there's a brief government shutdown, uh, after, uh, Rand Paul did a filibuster to protest it. And we'll know why here in a second, the house and Senate voted to proceed with the agreement that would lock in spending for two years, which means we don't have to hear about government shutdown threats or continuing resolutions until 2020. Here's what's in the bill. $90 billion of disaster relief funding for hurricane and wildfires areas in Texas, Florida, Puerto Rico, and California. I thought that was a executive order that uh, Trump signed in so we could start helping those people. Apparently he made it, he made it into the budget. Okay. An additional 300 billion. And you know, what's funny is Obama did all that stuff, but he never, he never went back and made it official. Hey, well, we're going to do this executive order because I'm the president. I don't need to do anything more than that. Well, that's not how the government works. That's not what the constitution says. Mr. Hussein Obama. Okay, so an additional $300 billion over two years in spending 
The limit on military spending would increase by $80 billion in the current fiscal year, which is from now, which was from October 1st till next uh, September 30th, and $85 billion in the next year, which, uh, which begins October 1st next year, or uh, this year. This year, October 2018, the limit on non-defensive non-defense spending would increase by 63 billion this year and 68 billion next year. Why did that have to happen? You know what? I like I like Carly Fiorina's ideas. Hey, let's go to zero base budgeting. Let's not go to hey, we spent this much. How much more are we going to give it next year? Let's go to hey, how much do we need to spend? For those of you that don't know, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. The, the bureau that's supposed to out there that makes mortgages more expensive because they create more regulation, more losses for mortgage lenders, makes it more difficult, creates more paperwork. You know, you guys used to do a mortgage and I'd have you have you sign like 18 pages to start. And then at the end, it would be about 50 pages. Now it's about 75 pages to start and uh, 75 pages to start and about 150 pages at the end um, because the government wants to simplify things. And uh, so they created all this extra paperwork. What do you mean I got to sign this stuff? Just don't even pay attention. Just sign it. It doesn't mean anything. Look at the stuff that I sent you that wasn't wasn't official. That's the stuff. That's what your loan's really going to look like when it all comes, uh, when it's all said and done. So, um, but I like that idea. So, oh, I was telling you about CFPB. So uh, Richard Cordray, who's a moron uh, that ran the CFPB like uh, like Hitler, and uh, just go out there and uh, just go out there and sue people for stuff. You know what? Uh, no one really had clarification as to what the laws even meant in Dodd Frank, but they were enforcing them and finding finding everybody. You know, the government forced uh, Bank of America to buy Countrywide, and they proceeded to sue them over Countrywide stuff that they didn't even do. For the next uh, for the next eight years after that, and going after Wells Fargo and Citibank and Chase and uh, everybody else out there, um, all the big banks. And uh, Richard Cordray ran that, but he stepped down. He stepped down uh, a couple months ago because he wants to run for governor of Ohio, and uh, because uh, John Kasich uh, is termed out apparently, and uh, so. Before he left, Richard Cordray appointed uh, this this other lady that he wanted to take over that was going to be the next Gestapo of the CFPB. But Trump said, no, 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 no. I'm the president now. I'm going to put Mick Mulvaney in there till we find somebody permanent. Mick Mulvaney's the head of the office of something and budget. He does the budget. He talked on the he talked a lot when they when they uh, sent out the first budget in October or September last year. Uh, a guy with complete common sense. Complete, straightforward, very smart, very straightforward. Um, and he, you heard him speak at the last government shutdown a couple of weeks ago as to how it was going to work. They're not going to, they're not going to make it worse than it needs to be. And uh, total common sense guy. He's running the CFPB. He hates Dodd Frank. He hates the CFPB. He thinks that before we bust people for breaking the laws, we should at least make it clear as to what the laws are. So on the budget time. They said, what, what budget are you requesting for this year? He said, zero. I don't need anything from the CFPB. We've established 170 some thousand, $170 million or $170 million worth of slush fund from all these fines. Why do we need to, why do we need to take more taxpayers dollars to run this thing? At some point you need to have some common sense. I love that guy. I love him. 
Anyway, I hope he becomes the permanent CFPB uh, director and we don't have a CFPB anymore because there's a lot easier ways, a lot cheaper ways, a lot uh, a lot better ways to have reigned in the mortgage industry. So anyway, um, that's the common sense that we need to be doing. But apparently because of the uh, because of the uh, uh, one not wanting to shut the government down, because apparently the Democrats and the Republicans are a bunch of wusses. Well, they rolled over, rolled over to this bill last night, Thursday night, if you're listening on Saturday. Um, I just think I, I have to agree with Rand Paul. Um, you know, when his dramatics, he did a he did an 11th hour filibuster on Thursday to prote- protest all the spending. Let's hear part of that. Observing the right to object. I ran for office because I was very critical of President Obama's trillion dollar deficits. Now we have Republicans hand in hand with Democrats offering us trillion dollar deficits. I can't in all good honesty and all good faith just look the other way because my party is now complicit in the deficits. But really who's to blame? Both parties. We have a 700 page bill that no one has read that was printed at midnight. No one will read this bill. Nothing will be reformed. The waste will continue and government will keep taking your money irresponsibly and adding to a $20 trillion debt. There are no amendments being allowed. This is the most important debate we will have in the year over spending and no amendments are allowed. We should have a full amendment process. We've been open for business 10 hours today. You can do four amendments an hour. We could have done 40 amendments. So it's a canard to say we can't have one amendment and can't spend 15 minutes debating whether or not it's good for the country to add a trillion dollars in debt. I agree. I have to agree 100%. I think Rand Paul, you know, he's a libertarian. He's not a a straight conservative. He's a libertarian, which... I think uh, him and his dad kind of a little wacky on the uh, foreign policy because of that. But fiscally, I'm right with him. I, we shouldn't be spending this money. We should have held out. And the Republicans should have had had the, the stones like, uh, like uh, Newt Gingrich had uh, back in 94, was it? 96, when they did the contract with America. And we shut the government down for, for several days while they, while they figured out how we're going to be put together a budget that's responsible to the people. We're not spending their money on BS. And, uh, so I'm, it's, you know, Trump came out, Trump came back with a tweet. Hey, you know what? He didn't think he, he didn't like this bill, but he signed it to avoid the government shutdown. And it just goes to show that we, you know, in order to, you can't do it just Republicans. We don't have a big enough, big enough, uh, um, majority in the Senate. We only have 51 senators there now. So where it's a 51 to 49, you need 60 to have control. And uh, Trump said, we needed to watch this and say, this is why we need to elect more Republicans um, in November. I will, I will preface that as well. Some of the Republicans that are there need to have some Republicans run against them and get rid of them in the primaries because some of those guys are just spineless jellyfish and they don't. And then, you know, I, I asked uh, Ken Calvert about this and I like Ken. Ken always votes the way, the way I think he should. But I, but I asked him, I asked him at a, uh, when he was speaking uh, several months ago, Hey, why won't any Republicans stand up and defend Trump and, and stop the Democrats from making so much noise about dumb stuff. And actually let's, let's move this country forward. 
and uh and his 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 uh, sidestepping was well you know uh we got about 45 senators that are solidly behind trump and we got you know out of out of 52 or 53 at the time we got about 45 of them and we got about and we got about 400 people in the house that are solidly behind him out of uh, i don't know 400 and uh four let's see no 200 of them out of we had like 250 out of 435 so we had a a, a fairly good uh, majority there, but there's about 200 of them that are solidly behind them. And there's other ones. We just can't, can't get them to, to move forward. And you know, they want to object. They want to stand on principles for this or for that, or cause they don't like Trump's hair. They don't like his, his wife, or they don't like his, uh, his daughter or whatever, um, that they won't, that they just won't go with the flow. My question was, why won't some of them stand up and make some noise? You know what? Who's the guys that make that will actually stand up and make a point? Uh, Trey Gowdy, he's out. He's out. He's not running for re-election. Daryl Issa, he's out. He's not running for election, for running re-election because he's, I think they're tired of of all the BS. You spend so much time, so much time arguing with with Democrats that uh, that you can't uh, that you can't get anything done. You know, here's here's the logic, and they're just putting out they're putting out their uh, um, just clips. They're, they're sound bites. They're just trying to get dumb stuff through. Doesn't make any sense. Uh, but before that, before the before the uh, before the vote, before the uh, Rand Paul filibuster, Nancy Pelosi launched a filibuster Wednesday morning, delivering a record-breaking eight-hour speech that tied up House for the entire day into the night. I don't know what the point of this was to demand, but it was to demand that DACA agreement be tied to this spending bill. Let me play a piece of that. So now we have the first Republican president in modern times, the first president, really, who is anti-immigrant. To minister to the needs of God's creation is an act of worship. To ignore those needs is to dishonor the God who made us. We're not asking for something off the, ch- off the wall. It is something that is, uh, yeah, maybe it is off the wall. Maybe the wall is the issue here. Four vote will occur soon after I yield back. I had no intention of yielding back, Mr. Speaker. These newcomers, with all of that hope and aspiration, they make America more American. Yeah, this lady is a moron. Hey, you know, we're all created by the same God. Well, you know, we all believe that, but the people that come in from the Muslim countries are are worshiping a different God than we do. And they have a different culture than we do. And the people coming from the Southern border, we don't know where they come from because we don't know if they're from Mexico or Guatemala or uh, El Salvador, where MS 13 comes from, or if they are saying they're Mexicans, but they're really, they're really from Libya or Syria. And they came over and they can walk through cause they don't look any different and just say, see, see, and, uh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm from Mexico. I don't have, I'm 18 years old. I'm really 35, but I'm, uh, I'm 17 and a half. And, uh, you know, now you're a DACA person. So I don't understand. Remember our country was uh, made, Hey, as a melting pot, Hey, send us your, uh, send us your poor and your, the, whatever, all the stuff that's on the statue of Liberty. Um, we were a, we're a melting pot because all these different cultures as the as America built, all these cultures came to America because they wanted to be part of America and they molded into our culture where we have liberty and freedom and and we and we don't impose our our beliefs on everybody else. You're free to believe and worship and say anything you want as long as it doesn't impose as long as it doesn't hurt anybody else. 
Now the things have changed in the last 240 years. Now we want to let them bring their culture here and we don't want to upset their culture. Well, guess what? Guess what? The Muslim culture thinks women should be covered up. But they come over here and women are are showing cleavage and dressing in short shorts and these guys don't know how to control themselves and they're raping people. How about you uh, LGBT people? Hey, let's just let everybody in. Hey, you know what, what their culture says? Throw you off the top of a tall building. If you don't want to be part of our culture, stay in your own country. People don't people don't understand that. We need to say, make America great again. We need to save our, our country for our kids and our grandkids. And we need to have some common sense here and stop being Democrats and idiots and doing stupid stuff. I got more to say about this, but I'm out of time. So stay tuned. Five minutes of traffic, weather, and uh, commercials, and I'll be right back with part two of the main event. My name's Ed Hoffman. Hey, just in case you're wondering that uh, music I'm using today is uh, from uh, Chris Daughtry. Um, you know, the guy on American Idol, probably the only guy I've ever bought an album of, uh, an album. I mean, I bought his music on iTunes, is what I meant to say, uh, that came out of American Idol. You know what? You know what? I like this guy because he writes his own music. He plays his own instruments. He sings his own songs. It's kind of like the old school. Remember the Beatles and the Eagles and... All those rock and roll people of the 70s and the 60s and the 50s and the and the you know some of the 80s and now we have now we have the 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 doofuses like uh, I don't know Timberlake that that goes on uh, the Super Bowl and uh, all these people that just all they do is just sing and dance and they don't really have any talent and you got so much music behind them you can't even hear their voice anyway that's me ranting on music hey um, before I go on you know if you if you uh, hear something that's inspiring to you. The listener hotline, 855-640-2092. If you got an opinion on anything I said today, good or bad, uh, call in. I want to hear your, and try to be try to be clear and concise. So uh, in case I put you on the radio, like this lady. Hi, Mr. Hoffman. My name is Laura. I just want to commend you on a wonderful show you had this past weekend. Wanted to thank you for the information you put forth. And also just to encourage you to keep up the great work. Um, also wanted to let you know that I wish there was an opportunity for you to be on the radio every single day at traffic hour where everybody could listen to you because you have so much information and you expose a lot of things that nobody's going to tell the public about. And um, just getting that information out I think would be huge. So once again, thank you for a very entertaining show. I look forward to it all the time. and want to encourage you to keep up the good work. Take care. Thanks, Laura. 
Thanks, Laura. That's the kind of stuff that keeps me doing this because you know what? I'm not giving out any, any information that's not already out there. I'm just giving it to you in a little different, with a little different angle. Hey, so uh, again, my name's Ed Hoffman, president of Wholesale Capital Corporation. I don't talk about mortgages and financing that often on the show because I think you guys find it boring. Um, I did have a couple in the that came in that said they've been listening to me forever, and they were coming in to talk about a reverse mortgage, and it turned out they didn't quite have enough... Uh, enough uh, equity to do a reverse mortgage. But while we were talking there, I said, well, you know what? You guys are looking to, to slow down on your, not having to work so work so long in your 60s. And uh, let's take a look at what else we can do. And we turned out we uh, did a regular refinance and saved them uh, $4,000 a month. <sighs> That's probably a little more than little more than it should have been because uh, they just pay a little higher on their, on their debts. But you know what? Uh, you may not think I could help you but you wish I could, and you may not ask, and then you don't find out that, hey, there's uh, there's help out there. Call me toll-free at 855-640-2020, 855-640-2020, or go on the web, wccloans.com, Loan Center. Apply now, and let's see if we can help you out if you're thinking that you'd let, man, I, should I do something? Hey, it's free to ask questions. It's free to ask questions. So before we went to the, before we went to the break, we were talking about, uh, the spending bill that got passed and the filibusters that went before it. And specifically, we were uh, talking about Nancy Pelosi and what a moron she is. And uh, she did this eight-hour and seven-minute record-breaking filibuster. Uh, how old did we say she is? 77? She's almost 78? She's almost 78 years old, um, wearing, uh, wearing high heels, standing there for eight hours, no bathroom breaks. Uh, I think that's a... I think that's a, a I th- <laughs> That must be a a, a commercial and endorsement for Depends. Uh, I don't know. Maybe not. Uh, it depends. So uh, you know what they used to when when uh, when John McCain was running for president, they say, hey, uh, John Senator McCain, do you wear uh, boxers or briefs? He says Depends. So uh, anyway, uh, they were making fun of him because he was like seventy when he was running for. Well, look out, or maybe seventy-two. Oh yeah, he's seventy-two when he'd be elected. Oh well. Anyway, I don't like I don't like John McCain anyway. So I just didn't like I hate uh, Barack Obama worse. So anyway, let's talk about uh, something else that Pelosi put in her story, in in her long speech. The part of her speech that that makes me scratch my head the most. She told a story about her grandson being ashamed of who he is and how it apparently made her proud. I'm reminded of um, my own grandson. He had a very close friend whose name is Antonio, who's from Guatemala. And he has beautiful tan skin and beautiful brown eyes and the rest. And um, this was such a proud day for me because when my grandson blew out the candles on his cake, they said, did you make a wish? And he said, yes, I made a wish. He said, well, what is your wish? He said, I wish I had brown skin and brown eyes like Antonio. So beautiful. So beautiful. Oh, that's so beautiful. My son doesn't want to look like he looks. He doesn't feel good about who he is. He wants to be something he's not. How beautiful is that? You know what? I got to say, Whiskey Tango Foxtrot, figure out what I just said. You know what? Uh, I don't just... (sighs) Scratching my head. Is this America? Yes, it is America. That's what we've turned into. And especially Pelosi's from our state. California. Been elected about 75 times by the morons in San Francisco. You know what? Will somebody bring some common sense up there and vote her out in November? Will somebody get rid of Maxine Waters in L.A.? 
Show me you guys in Los Angeles have a brain and vote her unemployed. She's a moron. So anyway, let me give you let me give you a little personal story. A friend of mine uh, told me this morning he's going to see the principal at his daughter's school. He's got two daughters, age six and eight, and he found out yesterday that they don't like to use the bathrooms at a at an elementary school in Riverside because. They're afraid because there's a little boy in there who thinks he's a girl and comes into the girl's bathroom when they're in there. And I said, thank you, President Obama. This is what's come to this country. This is what's come to this country. If you don't think you're a boy, but you have a little uh, thing in between your legs that God says you're a boy, you don't have to be a boy. You know what? The LGBT crowd represents 0.2% of our whole country, and we're bowing down to them. We had our grandkids, uh, Don and I had our grandkids for the weekend a couple weeks ago, and uh, they're watching some cartoons during the day sometime. I don't remember. We were we were doing stuff and just had cartoons going on in the background. They had some show on uh, on Nickelodeon that apparently they'd seen before. I think it's called Something House, uh, Loud House or something like that. And And I'm kind of playing with my grandson and kind of watching it and uh and and the and there's a, some little kid in it that has has two dads why are we exposing little kids to this why do we think that's okay you know what if kids are if kids turn out to be lgbt or q let them do that but why are we why are we promoting that stuff don and i were in new york we saw uh, the broadway musical of school of rock which is just like the movie, and they come on before the show and say, hey, just so you know, the kids in this show are playing the music. They're playing the music, they're playing the instruments, they're singing, blah, blah, blah. And it follows the whole the whole story, you know, like the Jack Black movie, except for at the end when the kids are doing the little girl Tamika, I don't want to sing because... I'm fat. People will make fun of me. Hey, man, he convinced her. Hey, you're not, you're sexy, man. You got talent. There's nothing wrong with, with fat. You know, look at me. I'm, I'm chubby and I'm sexy. Hey, go on there and do it. Encourages her to, to not be embarrassed of her weight. Goes on there, belts out a, a, a cool solo, a solo on the second verse of the song. Her parents are all proud of her. And at the end, the parents go backstage. Oh, we're so proud of you. Blah, blah, blah. And, you know, there's a guy and a lady that are Tamika's parents, except for in the musical, it's two guys. Why are we doing that? I just don't understand it. Hey, call me. Hey, you're you're a homophobe. I'm not a homophobe. But why are we in? Why are we putting that into everything? I think it's stupid. But why are we promoting all this? All this stuff? I don't understand it. Anyway. I, I digress. I'm getting off I'm getting off off course here. But just you know what? We gotta get our state back, folks. Anyway, so uh let's get back onto the story. I got way off course. Hey, the president must have been told about Pelosi was gonna plan that filibuster because the day before he made this comment when he was uh making a speech. And I think this is not a good day for Nancy Pelosi. She's our secret weapon. No, she's our secret. I just hope they don't change her. There are a lot of people that want to run her out. She's she's really out there. I'm supposed to make a deal with her. I think he said that actually the same day she was about to say that he was making a uh, he was making a speech in Ohio and uh, she was in she's in Washington, D.C. doing the same thing. So he knew it was not going to be a good day. So anyway, you know what? Moronic stuff going on in this country. I got lots more to say, and I got off course there. So anyway, uh, stock market took a dip this week. 
just a little dip. Uh, it's been a wild ride for investors. The Dow Jones Industrial Average saw its biggest one-day drop in history. Monday, dropping 1,200 points. Uh, the the uh, the S&P 500 had its worst day uh, since 2011. The Dow dropped another, the second biggest drop in history, 1,032 points on Thursday. And Friday, as of now, it's been uh, down down as far as 400 and up as high as 300. It's been a, a roller coaster. Um, why is this happening? I mean, I think too much was made over the stock market climb after Trump got in there. But but realize realize how this how this works. People buy on emotion. People buy on emotion. When Trump got in there, we started seeing the stock market climb, not because companies were making more money, because people were investing, betting on the come. They're betting on, on hey, these companies are going to start making more money and their stocks are going to be worth more. And they're buying and say, look at American stocks are going to be doing so much better with, with Trump because he's going to get rid of regulations. He's going to he's gonna get expansion going because he's going to lower taxes and do all this stuff. And and. While all you uh, pink hat ladies and all you Democrats are whining and crying and having protest, you know, everybody with a brain that has any money or knows how, to, how money works was getting excited because we're going to make America great again. But the emotion gets so caught up, caught up. Hey, you know what? America's getting great again, but we haven't, he hasn't been in there long enough. The tax, the tax cuts just took effect a month ago. It hasn't had time to make it to create the profits that it's going, which makes the stocks go higher. But the but everything's going and we're driving it up, driving it up, driving it up. And everybody who's in the stock market goes, We're there's nothing behind it. I've been saying for years, hey, you know what? The profits aren't there. That the stock market's going up, it's gonna have a correction at some point. I thought it would have been a long time ago, but uh just when it probably should have, Trump got in there, drove it up, drove it up higher. The excitement of of making America great again got up there. And think about what and think about what's happening. We got day traders. If you don't know what day trading is, you got guys that don't have jobs anymore. They sit on a computer and they're using a um, E Trade or any of these any of these accounts, and they put buy orders and sell orders. If the stocks get above this, sell it. If it gets below here, uh, buy it. If it gets here, you know they put little orders in there so. When the stock market moves, the computers are 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 switching. They're switching. They're hey, we're selling our stocks. The stock's got this, this part. We're buying them here. We're doing this. We're doing that. And the computers are taking over. These guys are watching are watching stocks. They'll watch stocks that they think are going to happen. And you watch uh, some of these uh, shows that they talk about stocks. These guys are buying them, buying uh, you know ten thousand dollars worth of stocks, and watching it go up a dollar a share. And and then all of a sudden they sell it. They buy them in the morning. It goes up a buck a share, and it's it's going up and down. Something's happening in that company. They sell it. It drops down fifty cents. They buy it again. It goes up seventy five more cents. They sell it, and all this stuff's happening, and it's influencing what's happening in the stock market because of everything that's going on. And it's all just emotions. Things don't happen that fast. So understand what's going on. If you got a bunch of stocks in in uh, your four hundred one k, if you're not ready to retire, don't worry about it. Don't get too. This is. Doesn't mean, oh, maybe Trump's really not making America great again because the stock market's going down. Stock market is not the indicator of everything. You got to look at stock market, unemployment, uh, the labor participation, the uh, the the um, uh, gross national product, what we're selling, what we're buying, how much is going in, how much is coming out. It's a very highly complex thing. Just learn to chill. 
chill and understand what's going on because I'll guarantee you uh, PMS, NBC, and the Communist News Network are probably saying, it's the end of the world. We told you Trump was no good. Whatever. Whatever. Get over it. Okay. Uh, let's see what else is going on this week as I wear out my, hey, you know what? I'm not, I'm not going crazy coughing. I'm not sucking a ton of cough drops today. I'm getting through this whole thing myself. And, uh, but I'm driving my voice still out anyway. So let's talk about next thing on the, on my list here, the war of the memos. Uh, last week, uh, Scott McAfee and I were on here and the memo had just come out right before we started recording. Um, we talked about what it said. Um, the Republicans on the house intelligence committee released that memo, uh, clearly shows James Comey's FBI conspired with the Obama justice department in an attempt to derail the Trump campaign and abuse its power in order to secure the FISA warrant to eavesdrop on the Trump campaign in 2016 using a phony dossier written by a British spy, Christopher Steele. We talked about it in detail. Basically, it said everything that people were suspecting. Basically, the, the memo said, hey, we've investigated this, we've investigated that, and now we've come to know this stuff is true. This is what happened. It really wasn't anything new. It just confirmed that, hey, based on what they've investigated, this stuff really happened. The Democrats who've been mocking the Republican memo as all hype, no substance, have, have been bragging about releasing their own memo. And if we hadn't had a, a brief government shutdown Thursday night, that might have been released Friday. Looks like uh, as of this moment, still hasn't been released. But um, Republican Congressman Trey Gowdy has a prediction about the memo. He thinks the Democrats will intentionally put names and dates in it to have it redacted by the FBI to make Americans more suspicious because it won't be 10 pages. It'll be it'll be 10 pages and a bunch of stuff will be blacked out, whether it's whether it's valid, whether it's true or any of that stuff. Let's hear Trey Gowdy. The Democrats are politically smart enough um, to put things in the memo that require either the Bureau or the Department of Justice to say it needs to be redacted. Therefore, it creates this belief that there's something being hidden from the American people. And Gowdy also had to, had something interesting to say about the phony dossier it actually came from, yes, Christopher Steele, uh, that yes, Christopher Steele wrote it, but there was an American who gave him content to put in it and he's someone very close to Hillary Clinton. The domestic source, and I'm trying to think how Secretary Clinton defined him. I think she said he was an old friend who emailed her from time to time. I Sydney think that's a, That'd be really warm. <laughs> You're warm. <laughs> yeah. So Sidney Blumenthal, for those of you that that don't follow all these all these names we've been talking about for about 10 years, Sidney Blumenthal was a personal friend and confidant of Hillary Clinton when she became Secretary of State. Um, Obama said, no, we're not, we won't let him be on your staff because apparently when Clinton was running in 2008 for president, he's the one that started that started the thing with, uh, uh, that Barack insane Obama was born in Kenya, which quite frankly, I still believe, but uh, that would make me a birther and people will call me uh, Alex Jones or something. So, uh, so we won't talk about that, but um, he was he was one of those guys. So apparently he was writing information, uh, writing this dossier with BS information, giving it to uh, giving it to Christopher Steele. They wrote in a in a Russian dos in the in the Russian dossier. Then he went and talked to then uh, Christopher Steele went and talked to Yahoo News. They created a news thing when they took the phony dossier into the FISA court um, to to get a. Uh, 
a a, a a warrant to bug the Trump Tower to go after um, what's his face uh, Carter Page, what someone who's a, had a slight slight role in the Trump admin, in the Trump campaign as a some kind of a consultant or something. Um, they said, here here's the dossier and here's this Yahoo News article that backs it up. Well, it was just hey here's one copy of it and here's another copy of the same thing to back it up. They didn't say that Clinton paid that Hillary Clinton campaign paid for it, and they didn't say that the Democratic National Committee paid for it. So anyway, so here's uh, here's some more interesting and incriminating evidence emerging this week that shows how the Democrats were engaged in a full fledged campaign to end Trump's presidency at all cost. The top Democrat on the House Intelligence Committee, Adam Schiff, who's a moron, he's a congressman for Burbank, Van Nuys, and much of the San Fernando Valley, and I know you guys are listening to me, so we should we should uh, vote him out in November. Every two years, every congressman goes for re-election, which basically means out of two years, they spend uh, 25% of it campaigning and uh, and fundraising. So he has, he's been very vocal with claims that Russia helped Trump get elected, and remember, Russia, what did Russia do? All they're saying is that uh, WikiLeaks, who's uh, Julian Assange, that he got information from the Russians who hacked hacked uh, Hillary Clinton's emails, and he's already said it wasn't him. And who cares? Who cares? But they're making a big deal out of it. And remember that Onion story at the beginning of the show on the first half? You know, we're just, we're, hey, more story, more story. None of it's true. It's just a story. We'll destroy everybody in our path looking for the truth. But this week we learned that Schiff himself was more more than willing to speak to Russians who claimed to have dirt on Donald Trump. Kind of what they went after uh, Donald Trump Jr. for. And he had to testify for about 13 or 23 hours or something. Uh, that they emailed him, hey, we got dirt on Hillary Clinton. Okay, I'll I'll talk to you. And he talked to him and it was it was nothing. And they oh, he's connecting with the Russians. So uh, remember all that hoopla. Two Russian radio hosts called Schiff's office on April 10th of last year, pretending to be Ukrainian Parliament Speaker Andriy Puriby, whatever, whoever that is, if I said it right, and kept him on the phone for eight minutes with a claim that they could deliver compromising photos of President Trump with women in Russia. She got uh, compromising materials on Trump after their uh, short relations. Okay. And, and what's the nature of the compromise? Well, there were pictures of naked Trump. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so Putin was made aware uh, of the, the availability of the compromising material? Yes, of course. Okay. Well, uh, thank you very much. We will be back in touch uh, with you through our staff uh, to make uh, arrangements uh, to obtain these materials for our committee and, and for the FBI. And, and I appreciate your reaching out to us. Wow, I don't, I don't really know. I mean, I don't really think this is that incriminating on Adam Schiff, but they sure did make a big deal out of it for for Donald Trump Jr. when somebody emailed him and said, "Hey, we got this information. Uh, all right," or they called him and and said, "Hey, can we get an appointment with you to, to discuss this?" All right, I'll talk to you. Okay, and then it would turn out to be nothing. I don't know where the difference is. So Burbank, Van Nuys, San Fernando Valley, vote this guy out. He's a moron. And somebody with some substance that's a Republican out there, run against him. Don't say, well, Adam Schiff is just going to win because he's on TV all the time. I know he's going to win. Somebody somebody in, in Van Nuys, Burbank, or San Fernando Valley, please, Republican, run against him. Let's get rid of this. Let's let's get rid of this moron. Oh, he's he's a he's a Democrat. So why did I even say that? I don't know. I'm 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 ranting. I'm running out of time. So uh, meanwhile, more of the text messages uh, between disgraced FBI employees Peter Strock, who I like to call Peter Stroke, and Lisa Page continue to be released. 
Wednesday, the Senate Homeland Security and Government Affairs Committee released another 384 pages of text between Strzok and Page. You know what? These guys got spouses. They're going to get in trouble. I hope they're uh, hope they're going through very expensive divorce. The text suggests that Strzok and Page had been assigned to prepare talking points for the F- for the then FBI director James Comey to deliver to President Obama. In September second, on a September second, two thousand sixteen text exchange, Page writes that she was preparing talking points because POTUS, President of the United States, wants to know everything we're doing, which seems to contradict what Obama claimed in his interview on Fox News Sunday just a few months earlier. I do not talk to the attorney general about pending investigations. I do not talk to FBI directors about uh, pending investigations. The, uh, we have a strict line uh, and always have maintained it. Well, you know what? What, he, what he's saying is I don't talk to the directors because I'm talking to the guys right on the front line. They're feeding me information directly, telling them exactly what they're doing. Amazing to me. Simply amazing to me. So, uh, you know what? The hypocrisy, if that had been Bush, that had been Trump saying all this stuff, what would happen? Oh, he's colluding. He's obstructing justice. So all you morons that post on my Facebook page about every little thing Trump does and try to act like he's the worst thing that ever happened to us and how uh, Obama was the greatest thing because he talked so presidential. And he was so cool reading a teleprompter. And uh, he, uh, I don't know what else, what else, what else he did that could make you, oh yeah, he was black. I forgot. Oh, we didn't, we didn't, it's not because he's black that he was so great. It was because he was the greatest president ever. I know, I know. But I see all the glows, those of you that are, uh, that are posting me. There seems to be a similarity in the picture that's on your Facebook thing when you're commenting on my comments or I comment on yours or the things that you're posting. So I don't know. Maybe it's a race thing. I think, I think Obama turned race relations back 50 years in the eight years he was in it because it seemed like things weren't that bad in 2008, but they sure seem tense now. Anyway. Folks, I'm all out of time for this episode of the main event. If I said something that spurred you to want to give me your opinion, listener hotline, 855-640-2092. I'm all ears, folks. I want to hear your opinion now. Anyway, hey, I'm out of time. My name's Ed Hoffman. Thanks for listening to the main event, and I'll be back again with you next week. The content in this program is not intended to be legal advice. The views expressed are those of Ed Hoffman and his invited guests and do not necessarily reflect the views or policies of Wholesale Capital Corporation. WCC is licensed by the California Bureau of Real Estate. Broker license number 01147747. And